0: You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible.
1: Oh my mama, oh my mama made it, Anything's possible. Rainy days, jumps out, fade away. This is the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell them other guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King. Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring. The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear. Well-respected in a city like Russell's career. It's Rain and Jay. Welcome back.
0: This is the Locked On Celtics Podcast, and I want to thank you for making this part of your daily routine. We're here for you Monday through Friday. The end of the regular season is near, and we are moving on to the playoffs after this. Just one more game to get through. Boston Celtics dropping this last game at home, 116-108 to the Orlando Magic. And a game that was more notable for the injuries than it was for the results, really. And we're going to walk you through it. We're the Rain of Jays. I am John Corrales of Mass Live here with my post game partner, Samuel Jamison Packard III.
1: Jam.
0: Also known as Ladies Love Cool Jam.
1: Jam. Can't be can't be cheery in a time where Smart is injured.
0: That's true. That's true. A.K.A. Uh, young Baby Jamwich.
1: Yeah, you knew it. I knew you, you didn't even have to hesitate.
0: Yeah. We got it. I'm getting it. So uh, the Jamwich thing, by the way, as an aside, it's just floundering. I, I, I'm i beginning to think that Jamwich is just not a thing that they want to market. I don't even you, know if it's a product anymore.
1: I spent a good 15 minutes today my local Wegmans looking for a jam which I looked in the peanut butter aisle uh other aisles I could think of that might have a jam which and uh I couldn't find it so how am I supposed to be a corporate shill for their product if I can't even find their products in the only place I've ever seen it is inside the Staples Center yeah and it's like how am I supposed to do with that so you're right it's it's stalled out I think it's a It's fantastic, though. It's the Welch's. It's a a slow-moving company.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. There are other jam-related products that we could just pitch, so it doesn't have to be jam, which we're just spitballing here, Welch's. Let's uh, get to this game. Again, 116-108, but literally nobody cared about the loss. Like, the result of this game was of zero consequence. The biggest story of this game right now is Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum, but really Marcus Smart with the biggest, most serious seeming injury they're calling it an oblique bruise and not a strain, like Adrian Wojnarowski said it was.
1: Which would be- and not a not a hip contusion, like they initially said it was, because right. the hip and the oblique they're different. They're different. I learned that today.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to have to take your word for it. That so apparently the whatever it was there's there's a bruise there's something and according to Brad Stevens. It was spasming as he was walking off the floor. Okay, fine. If we take that at face value, that's much better news than oblique strain. A strained oblique can take a long time to heal. And if it's that, then it's a problem. If it's a bruise, then after a few days it should be fine. And Marcus Smart has a week, basically. They're they're probably not going to play until next Saturday or Sunday. So that would be good news, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously get, Smart getting hurt in a meaningless meaningless game is not great. Um, he looked to really be in pain there. He just took a, like a real shot from Vucevic, fell down. Um, not surprised he stayed in the game because he's Marcus Smart. He's a hockey player. That's just what happens. Uh, but like as soon as he, like the next play, he checked out. He called for the a sub uh, before he kind of fell down. And then that clip of him just running back down on court on defense just looks so painful. Um he really would look to be in a lot of pain. Yeah, the, the the bruise is is good news, I guess. I feel like at the if it was a strain, he probably wouldn't play. I've seen like one to four weeks on my brief Google searching for a strain, but if it's just a bruise, I expect Marcus Smart to be back out there because He's a hockey player. He's going to play. The real question is, is like how much does it affect his movement or um, his shot at all? It's like I, he's going to be out there because he's Marcus Smart. He's like the Aaron Baines type of guy. He's he's clearly going to play. It's just will he be affected at all during the playoffs? Uh, um, and I have no idea at this point. I don't know what it's like to play with a bruised oblique.
0: Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I'll, I'll go back to the old Doc Rivers joke that he said back back when we played. We didn't even know what an oblique was. So that these guys nowadays they've got obliques and all kinds of sorts of things to strain. but uh, the, the the injury itself looked bad because he needed like he needed a hand. He needed some help to get off the floor. That's all, this is a lot a lot for Marcus Smart. The question really of Brad Stevens is, why was he even on the floor in the first place? And that's going to be where all of the sports talk radio heads go. Like it's the game was meaningless, they knew before the game, this, the Pacers had lost. So the fourth seed was Boston's. And the only real question was, could they possibly maybe get to the third seed? And it, but I don't think there was any question about seeding in this one. There was just, this thing was done They're They're going to be the fourth seed and, why, why bother putting those guys on the floor? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you Brad Stevens' side, and I kind of get the point. Like, this is going to be the last game that they played uh, that was any sort of meaningful. Orlando was playing tough. Orlando is desperate. They're, they're trying to fight for playoff position. And this is going to be the last opportunity before the playoffs to get these guys a solid 30, 35 minutes of actual NBA basketball, good game reps, and then you're going to take a week off. So from Brad Stevens' perspective, it was get these guys these reps, keep them in rhythm for as long as possible, then give none of these guys are really going to play against the Wizards. So that this is it. They, they've got a week off to prepare now for the playoffs, and th- this was supposed to just be an e- one last good hard game for them.
1: Yeah and at you think about the NBA we talk about it all the time is like they're creatures of habit they they didn't know the final score of the Pacers game uh, until what like a half hour before tip it just makes sense to me that they're going they were going into the game preparing to play um kind of just normally they're played the a first half they like the way their rotations worked in the first half seemed normal um i think there was an interview at halftime with Scott Morrison one of the assistants saying they expected to play normal rotations in the third quarter and then kind of maybe then empty the bench in the fourth. But, um, I don't know. You just, you, I don't know how cautiously you can really be with like what is smart. Your fourth guy, your fifth guy on the mm-hmm. bench. Like eventually you're going to have to play someone. Like if your, if your attitude is no one should be playing. And so you sit Kyrie, you sit Al. Do you also sit Gordon Hayward who seems to be on a good run? Do you like, like at what point do you draw the line? It feels like. I don't know. This is just like a random injury. Now, the decision to send Smart back out there what seems really wild at the time. I guess it's just like a lot of trust in Marcus Smart, but I don't know. It's just injuries happen in sports. I don't know if you can really just protect everyone from like a weird uh kind of kind of random just a uh, uh, smashing of Smart's hip. I don't know. It 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 felt like a just a normal game and if this doesn't happen no one like criticizes. It's the ultimate like after the fact thing. I was I was claim uh striving for before the game I wanted twelve minutes of PJ Dozier, Uh but it I did not get that. So um I thought they might have rested people, but as soon as they decide not to, and as soon as, like and the logic Brad presented about just like wanting one more tune up, because the Celtics were playing quite well. The Magic are a decent opponent. They're gonna be trying. Actually before all the smart stuff happened, and even after the smart stuff happened, I liked the kind of the effort and the energy the Celtics were playing with. Um So I thought it was like a good kind of tune-up in that sense, but it's just – it sucks to see him go out and have Tatum go out so early.
0: Yeah, and speaking of Tatum, it's called a bruise or like a shin contusion, a bruise uh, that he had before the game. Nobody told Brad. He didn't tell anybody. And then he played this game, and then all of a sudden in the first quarter, he's like, ah, this hurts. And then they took him out. I don't know anything beyond that. If it's just a contusion, as they say, then – he should be fine. Brad, Brad spent most of the post game basically downplaying the, the the injuries there. So if he's right, if we believe him, then the, these guys sound like they should be fine. But we're just gonna have to wait and see what the final word is uh, on them. I, I and I agree. Basketball players play basketball, and if you you can't play in fear of the. The injury you just can't because most games go by without an injury, so the you can't just go out there and just play scared all the time. I, I get it. There's a there's a line like putting Kyrie back out there in the fourth quarter was kind of like
1: it was surprising.
0: That was questionable. I mean, it was again. It was the opportunity for Kyrie to go play hero one more time before he you know took a week off. I, I guess. Uh, I I didn't agree necessarily with that. Like at that point, it's over. Just let it just let it lie. But whatever. It, it, no one else got hurt. But it seemed like for a while, there were like a bunch of bodies were going down. Like Jalen Brown, did he hurt his hand again? Or it felt like it felt like there were a bunch of guys like just on the floor and getting nicked up or something. So
1: it was crazy because they they actually the Celtics came back, went on a huge run uh, there in the fourth quarter. And they were flying around on defense, and Kyrie seemed like he entered some sort of different chakra. And he was really pumped up and making threes. It just— He was very excited. He was, he was very animated and wanted to win this game. It seems like the, a lot of the Sully's wanted him to win this game. The Magic just did a very good job of making sure that Daniel Tice took every single shot in the final three minutes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out so well. It
1: was too much Tice. It was a little too much Tice. A little too much.
0: Uh, But that's, that's the game there. That's, that's all I have coming out of that game is probably questioning a little bit of what Brad was doing there with some of those uh, guys playing. But, you know, at the same time, it is what it is and uh, just bad luck. So hopefully Marcus Smart is not too badly hurt. We get word on Monday that he's going to be fine and a couple days off and he'll be okay, ready to go and whatever. So, We'll wait. Keep our fingers crossed for that. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more looking forward. Talk about uh, Gordon Hayward, who is just you know on a tear and changing uh, probably the entire dynamic of the Celtics moving forward, heading into the playoffs. We'll talk about that and more when we come back. All of you new listeners, if you're enjoying the show and you'd like to subscribe, you can get the show every day on the Himalaya Podcast app. It's uh, taking advantage of this expanding podcast world that uh, it it can help you uh, by personally curating your playlists and, and giving you these new features all the time. So download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Lockdown Celtics. Gordon Hayward continued his hot stretch with uh, another nice shooting game. Uh, Weirdly, though, in this one, he missed shots. He hasn't hasn't been doing much of that lately. Uh, 8 of 14, 57% from the field. uh, 0 of 2 from 3. Hasn't been taking a lot of threes lately. And that's, I think, important to note. Uh, 16 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. In this one, Gordon Hayward is doing all of this while not relying on the three necessarily. Two in this game against Orlando, none when he scored uh, 21, I'm sorry, against Indiana. Uh, He did take five against Miami in in the game uh, on the road, but three in each of the previous three games, not really like bombing away. That's important because. He's getting this production by attacking and, and generally he's been able to get to the line a bit. And it's just a great, it's just a great thing to see from Gordon Hayward. It's super, super important moving into the playoffs with him playing like this.
1: Yeah. And I thought the, the way Brad used the rotation to kind of feature Hayward tonight was interesting. Uh, end of the first quarter. Uh, Hayward was in there as the kind of the, he ended the first quarter, like last kind of two minutes when Al and Kyrie were on the bench and he actually did a great job. Um, uh, immediately he had, like hit a floater. I think he drew a foul and trying to cut to the rim. And then he, uh, had another nice uh, assist to Mook. And then in the second quarter there, was, Al Horford actually didn't play for like the first nine minutes of the second quarter. Uh, and it was just a uh, Kyrie and, and Hayward on the, uh, in the game together, and I just thought it was interesting that Celtics are going to need to find some sort of lineup that works without Horford's on the bench, just because everyone knows the on-off numbers. So to see, I think Hayward also did a good job as kind of a, a secondary guy or even primary ball handler in uh, circumstances there uh, with Al on the bench, and the, the Celtics really built up like a ten-point lead, which was the crazy thing that happened in this game is Al Horford returned uh, with the Celtics up nine with about three minutes left in the third quarter. I mean, the second quarter, and then uh, it was immediately like Kyrie turnover, Al Horford turnover, like a bad Mook possession, and all of a sudden the game was tied. Uh, and so normally you don't see that when Horford coming in, but uh, I was em- encouraged by kind of Hayward without uh, Kyrie and Horford, and then just generally what the team did without Horford. So it was like it was a decent first half. Uh, I thought it was a, a solid start to the third quarter, and then Smart got hurt, and it just kind of felt like the, the game— and the energy of the game changed.
0: Yeah, well, with Smart getting hurt, I think just people the, the the team didn't exactly respond very well to that. Uh, and, uh, well, they
1: eventually did in the fourth quarter. They made this whole comeback and almost almost won the game, but immediately it was like, okay, let's let's fall down by ten.
0: Yeah, like that was the immediate response. Um, Hayward, as the primary guy, it his his attacking changes the dynamic because remember earlier in this, the season we were talking about Hayward driving to pass and how eventually like the driving to pass was fine. Except once teams realized, Oh, he's not, he's not going to score. You play the passing, uh, pay, play the passing lanes and he would turn it over the driving to score that he's doing now not only, obviously, gets him scoring and gets him to the line and helps the team that way, but driving to score sucks in the defense. And once you get into the paint and you suck in the defense because everybody reacts to the ball, the closer it gets to the rim, the more likely you are to now get a team in rotation because you're driving and kicking. And if he's on the floor with Al Horford, then now you add two guys that can see the floor and make incredible passes and set teams up by driving or or doing the things that they do well. I mean, just it, it adds an element that the Celtics have not had outside of the second half of March. When we look at past performance as an indicator of future results. The past performance is not the performance that we're seeing from these guys, from these Celtics. And there's also the element of having a healthy Baines. Like those two things change the entire dynamic of what the Celtics are going to be moving forward. A a healthy Baines, two big lineups and Gordon Hayward being aggressive and attacking it with or without Kyrie with or without uh, Al Horford it just allows the Celtics to do different things and play differently. And it allows other guys who haven't been getting as much space to get a little extra space to get their shots off the little extra room to drive. It it just adds a lot.
1: And it's one of the the major reasons why you, at least Celtics fans, especially after the way they played against uh, on Friday night against the Pacers, should have confidence uh, going into round one. Uh, I know Brad Stevens after the game today said, I don't know, the Pacers played mighty different without uh, Darren Collison in the game. Uh, but the Celtics thoroughly kicked their ass on Friday night. And um, with Hayward playing well and the return of Baines, you'd you have to think that they're going to do the same uh, in the playoffs because now it is finalized. Now it is that they will be playing. They'll have home court advantage. Um, but if you're a Celtics fan or a Celtics player or any way involved with the Celtics, you should have confidence heading into playing the Pacers in the first round.
0: Yeah, that was a a nice statement game. We haven't really talked about that game much, but um, or at all, (laughs) but the, to go in there without Jalen Brown, who has been super hot over the past month to do that. Even, yeah, without Collison, like, so what?
1: Um, the thing that's crazy about that game is Bog, Bogdanovich only scored four points. Like, yeah. he has been their leading scorer uh, with uh, Oladipo out. And to hold that guy to only four points, um, the final result was not that surprising, just because, like, that's going to be the Indiana Pacers thing. The, they're a great defensive team, they're a great effort team, but it's just how do they score consistently? And if you're going to hold, hold their best guy to only four, the next best was Miles Turner with. 15 points and then the rest was just kind of like spread around with people near 10, but they don't have, they don't have a lot of scoring. So if they, if you can hold Bogdan in check or Bojan, I don't know which one it is. (laughs) Uh, the balding Bogdanovich brother, uh, then it should be, there's reason to be confident for Celtics, but then I'm remembering last year where I declared that the series was over after the Celtics won one game against the Bucks.
0: That's true. That's true. There is an irrational confidence, but that's all right. That's fine. That's kind of, you know,
1: on brand. It's like being a, being a fanatic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But uh, I, I thought, like, Brad Stevens after the game it was very, very interesting. And even today, because he did everything he could to downplay that, like, much like the Golden State Warriors game in Golden State, where, I mean, obviously it was a little bit different situation, but he did everything to downplay that after that game. Everybody online that I saw, everybody that I saw on Twitter was just flying high. Like, oh, my God, the Celtics came out and just laid a whooping on these guys. And this is not the Celtics team that we're used to. And look at Gordon Hayward, how awesome he is. and They're doing this without Jalen Brown and blah, blah, blah. Like, everybody was just gushing. Like, the, the type of reaction that we were looking for for the Celtics – uh, to to a Celtics win like all season long, like the fans had finally start to come around. And afterwards, br- afterwards, Brad was like, "Now, nah, we didn't play that great. We didn't play that great defensively. We didn't do this right. We didn't do that right. Yeah, it was okay. It was nice that they did this, but now uh, he he really, you know, that not too high, not too low. Like he was really trying to drag down the super high that the Celtics were on after that game.
1: That's his. That's that's his M.O. People get upset with him for not getting too upset and making drastic changes after losses. He's not going to get too high after the wins. And, I mean, I, I'm going to have to do a strong disagree with him because Gordon Hayward was playing well. And they did after – he came after two tough loss or tough wins against Miami uh, where they figured out the zone. I don't know. Uh, I'm just – I just know that the, the playoff basketball is different and that the Pacers are like kind of that obnoxious – team that tries real hard so i'm trying to to dampen my own expectations but after that game on friday night and seeing how well gordon hayward's playing i'm just the confidence is there i'm already looking beyond i know i shouldn't do it but i'm there
0: yeah well i'll tell you i'll tell you what's going to happen the celtics after all of this fighting for home court are going to lose game one and everybody's going to lose their shit and then they're going to win like games two through five but they'll they'll lose Ooh. they'll lose game 1 and people are going to lose their minds and it's just going to be 2 days of like just madness. I will say that the Celtics didn't do certain things well and it's it, Brad Stevens was correct in that the Celtics against the Pacers have been terrible closing out and in, in finishing defensive possessions. They've given up a ton of offensive rebounds like that's that's a problem and and Brad made a good point after the game tonight to say like a lot of it is those guys crash the the Pacers especially crash hard on the boards and the Celtics guards are not doing a great job boxing out early enough and getting a body on people early enough to prevent those rebounds from from happening and when the team is scrambling they 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 tend to lose guys and that happens. The other thing, they they still get beat by big guys. They like Vucevic killed him in this game against Orlando.
1: Vucevic was a tank tonight. Vucevic was damn good. He I was, was impressed by him. I mean, he's I an like the, this, He is. But he he I
0: mean he did some work. And the Celtics tend to get they they get beat by big guys, which is kind of wild because. Right. They have Al Horford and Aaron Baines, who the best defensive players in the league, but they, I think what happens is they, they tend to – they there's a miscommunication. They cover pick and rolls a certain way, and there's a, a guard somewhere in the mix. Often it's Kyrie that doesn't pick the right guy, and, and somebody becomes – somebody's open, and then – a big has to overreact. And then that all of a sudden allows his guy, no one helps the big and his guy is out there, you know, doing chin ups on the rim. So, yeah,
1: it seems like that happens a lot where the big has to go to meet someone at the rim or in the lane. And then the guy they were covering just gets uh open season on layups. And that's what Busevich did tonight. That's what TJ leaf did in the, uh, against the Pacers or for the Pacers. It's just, it's been a kind of a theme this whole season It's just, especially when without Horford and Baines uh, playing together, like it should happen less with two bigs out there. But when they're just playing one big and that one big is like kind of in charge of protecting the rim, the the guards or the wings player have not done a great job of kind of helping him out on the, on the defensive rebounds.
0: Yeah. That's just a simple, th- that's an adjustment that it's got to come in, in film. I'm sure they're going to focus on that. And you can look at like Kyrie playing good defense and or or trying hard on on, on defense like on a, on his own guy. Watch Kyrie off the ball, watch other guys off the ball, Terry Rozier especially and and watch what happens in those situations when they get beat, what are they doing? It's everybody gets beat. Like that's not the thing. It, you can't focus on, Oh, well he just took this guy off the dribble. That happens all the time, especially in today's NBA can't touch anybody. So you're going to get beat off the dribble. What happens after that? Do you go back and put a body on the big when Al Horford or Aaron Baines roll on over to cut off the penetration? Do you go back down and try to get into that passing lane and check that big? Like that's, that's part of rotation. And, and eventually you can switch back. You can do that scram switch and switch back. But they're, they, the the Celtics, uh, that's that's a point of emphasis that has burned them against, like you said, burned them against Orlando. It will burn them against the Indiana Pacers. And if they don't do that, these games are going to be much harder. If they do do that, and they do put a body on guys and keep, keep Indiana off the boards, then that series can be, can become very easy. I'm not saying it will be, but if they do those two things, they can make that a very easy series. We'll talk much more about the Pacers series. Don't want to, you know, use up all the good stuff. Now we'll talk more about that later on in the week. We'll come back. Uh, we got tweets and junk and other things when we come back and a reminder, of course, you can get this podcast on the new Himalaya podcast, uh, podcast app as well as Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. If you're a subscriber, uh, if you're not a subscriber, go do that. Or if you're in your car or at home, tell your smart device to play the podcast Lockdown Celtics. We'll be right back with more on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Ask you to tweet us every game with the hashtag Rain and Jays. If you got a comment about the basketball game, what's going on there, or if you want to have some fun with it, use the hashtag Rain and Junk. We're going to start with some of the Rain and Jays tweets. Uh, starting with at La- I'm going to use it like like lasagna. Lavornia. I don't know. It's at Lavornia. I'm hoping that that's correct. Uh, with Tice essentially unplayable in the playoffs and the need for one other big body after Horford Baines, why aren't we seeing some time, Lord, at least to experiment? We know Tice isn't an option. Why not explore? (sighs) Uh,
1: I would disagree that Tice isn't an option. I know he struggled tonight, especially making uh, the open threes late, but Time Lord has really no idea what he's doing on offense and basically can only roll to the rim. Tice can make plays. Tice can do dribble handoffs. I think Tice knows a lot. Like Time Lord's a lot more, I guess, dangerous defensively in terms of his shot blocking, but I think Tice is a guy you would trust more in rotation. Tice is just all way more of a polished player. I just don't think, like, Time Lord, you just put him out on offense, He's and he gets the ball anywhere, not hovering above the rim. It's generally a problem. Yeah, it's it's
0: – we see, like, you, you watch a game and you see, like, the dunks – and you see like some of the blocks, but what you don't end up seeing is the times where he screws up and either loses a guy or gets lost on offense. And maybe it shows up in an obvious way. Maybe it doesn't. It's just not. He's just not ready. He's not ready. And uh, I would rather him not get the reps. Not like what? What's the experiment? This is game eighty-one. There's we're not we're not exploring anything. There's no like the the experiment is done it's over it's, we're not doing he's he'll he'll play like thirty minutes against the wizards and, and I bet you he looks good against the wizards, and we gotta remember that it, those are the wizards. please don't hit me with the oh my God he played thirty minutes and scored fifteen points and whatever like we need to play him in the playoffs like let's i uh, i'm I'm as big a believer in Williams and I think he's gonna have. A chance to be a pretty good player, uh, useful player, but not now, not like this, not right now. Uh, at Dallas, Nelson thirty-five. If everyone is actually healthy for the playoffs, I'm definitely okay with Mook and Terry not seeing a minute outside of garbage time. Um, they'll probably see a minute.
1: Or, yeah, unless you're really shortening the rotation to to seven. I don't see how they're not good. They're, they're going to see some more time than that.
0: Yeah. I don't think you're going to get it down that far, but I do think that you're going to see 40 minutes of Kyrie. I do think there's a good chance you're going to see 37 to 40 minutes of Al Horford. Uh, and you'll, you'll see a significant amount of time from all the other like Tatum Brown Baines, uh, Hayward. Who else am I missing? Smart. If he's healthy, uh, that leaves much less time but you're still going to need Marcus Morris you're still going to need Terry Rozier even if it's for short stints you're still going to need those guys and they are capable of doing things like they they're not like Morris had opportunities in this game against Orlando to finish it off and and he missed he missed everything like i don't i don't even see what his numbers were but uh, let's see Marcus Morris was two of nine, so thirteen points, two of six from three. Uh, I mean, he he had open opportunities. He he could have done more. But look, eight rebounds. He he has the ability to go out there. He's the size. He he's going to get minutes, and in some matchups, he'll deserve those minutes. It will need those minutes. So I get it. There's. A lot of guys will get more minutes to those than them. Their their numbers in the playoffs will be significantly below their regular season numbers. But just prepare yourselves. They're gonna they're gonna still play. They, the Celtics need them to go out there and and use some minutes.
1: So. Oh, and they're definitely gonna miss shots on the road because they are role players, and that's what happened in the playoffs. <laughs> and people are gonna be upset.
0: Uh, okay, there are a couple of questions here about. Daniel Tice in this particular game. Uh, One from Trav Lewis who says that I miss why Horford isn't in late. Uh, Why is Tice taking threes late in the game? Wouldn't we want to try and win and take the small chance to catch Philly for third? And then at Robert Denton, uh, I suppose the question is why the bleep is Tice, the one jacking threes in the last minute 30 in the game, not to mention late fouls. Uh, I I think this is just a, a minutes management thing. Like they, I know that Brad had said the um, get those guys, the reps, but I, I think Al Horford's probably the exception to the reps that he doesn't need them necessarily as much as like some other guys might. He's, he's the old pro and he knows when and where to take his shot. So uh, getting that, making sure that knee is right is much more important. And Tice, you know, people get on Tice, but Tice was really important in in that comeback. Like he was, he had a couple of blocks. He was protecting the rim. He did get fouls, but as much as many of these mistakes get pointed out, he also did positive things down that stretch. And he was a big part of that comeback.
1: It's also not like the, the play call was to get Tice open. The Tice threes came after like repeated drive and kicks. One of them was after just like a crazy mook drive. that he was kind of out of control. Tice is open. I mean, Yes, for a reason. I mean, the, the, the Vucevic is going to drop back in coverage against those drives, but I have no problem with Tice taking those shots, open threes. Like that's the that's the play he should make when he's that wide open. It just so happens that he's uh, not as good a shooter as Al Horford. <laughs> Who knew? But it's just it's kind of crazy because I feel like we're going to get to some other tweets complaining about how uh, why Brad was playing the, the starters in this game, and then we have these co- tweets complaining about. Uh, him not playing the starters in the fourth quarter so it's just a uh, no one's happy it's yeah. the world of a fan
0: yeah yeah i know that's how it goes uh, and and that's i'm not even going to bother like we've already talked about the the Tatum pre-existing injury so at uh was Commodore Matt Decker uh, the pre-existing Tatum injury makes Brad's approach to minutes tonight very very
1: interesting uh I watched all of Tatum's warm-up, and it looked completely normal. Yeah. Uh, there was just, like, no indication that he was hurt at all. So I don't really understand that. But, like, what is Brad to do? He didn't get the information communicated to him. Like, either that's on Tatum or that's on the trainer. But I can't really, like, blame Brad for that.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what really went into that. But he seemed surprised by it. And it doesn't seem like a big deal. Like, I, I don't know. So, the I don't know what else to say about the minutes, so let's just get to the rain and junk.
1: All right, raining junk from uh, Michael Malloy. This is more Tice talk. Uh, I think we are okay if Horford and his gorgeous eyes take those last two threes by Tice. I have to strong agree. Horford's got the vision. Um, From Funky Funk, Funky Celtics Does Vucevic foul on uh, 75% of his screens or just all of them? Now, I don't know if I noticed that tonight. How, did he get any fouls called? on He's just like a very large and imposing man, and if you're that size and playing five in the NBA, you better believe you're going to be doing some illegal, illegal screens. You know who's great at illegal screens? Al Horford. Al Horford. Oh, my God. Stick, he just puts his fists together and, like, sticks out his elbows. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah. It's, that's kind of how it goes.
1: Uh, we got two tweets about uh, Pizza Kid. Uh, this is from At Jovian Shadow. <laughs> Fan of the game wins by stuffing his gob with America's bad interpretation of pizza is excellent television right on to Jovian Shadow who made a t-shirt with my face on it if you want to do that you can look at, at Jovian Shadow's uh, uh, timeline and if you want to order a, a picture or a t-shirt with my face on it saying I got to Kaizen the shit out of that by all means and then at Chief I'd like our playoff chances if Pizza Kid is in attendance now for those who weren't able to see the game the fan of the game, they choose one every game. And tonight it was just a kid who was uh, staring off into nothing land, just eating a slice of pizza. Uh, he looked very, very confused, and people were very entertained by it.
0: Yeah, he's just sitting there eating pizza. And it, <laughs> the funny part was his father, I assume it was his father, that pointed out, oh, you're on the Jumbotron. He like looked at it, and he goes, like, huh. Huh. He just huh. got to look. Like, oh. he, didn't, he didn't freak out. He didn't wave, he didn't dance, he didn't dab, he didn't any of that. He just, oh, okay. No back, big deal. Went back to his pizza. People loved it.
1: It was fantastic stuff. He was electric. He should be back at every, every playoff game. Um, all right, moving into my own personal Jams Junk Drawer. Uh, the DJ was playing Psycho Killer at one point by the Talking Heads. It just felt like an odd choice for stadium music. I don't know. <laughs> Am I the only one?
0: Uh, I noticed that and I
1: agree. Um, go ahead. No, no, no. no, Psycho killer thoughts. No, Uh, there was a wedgie in today's game uh, where the ball gets stuck in between the rim and the backboard. Why isn't that a live ball? that would be endlessly entertaining. (laughs) You should just keep going for it.
0: I'm all for, I'm all for like wild wedgie rule. Yes, absolutely. Or that should be like, you should get points deducted.
1: Yeah, there has to be something. I just want to see two guys jumping up to try and compete for it. I just think that'll be fun. Um, Can you believe the unmitigated gall of J. King oh my to tweet God. this tonight? Quote, somebody's got to hold the flight crew accountable, so I guess I'll do it. They were suspect during their performance just now, throwing balls all over the place, botching dunks left and right. They're better than that. And it's like, bruh. <laughs> I've been tracking the JBFC, the Jet Blue Fry Crew, for I would say since uh, December have now. Have you? I went. Have you? I, I have. I have went you? back. I showed. I showed him the receipts. Um, yeah, the, I was ready. I came into tonight and I was ready to give the JBFC um, some major props. Uh, I heard from, through the grapevine that they they've been in the gym working on their game, um, and tonight they just it was sloppy. They missed dunks. Yeah. uh they missed dunk preparations so much so that they actually uh lucky was back so lucky's been back in uniform since uh early february now but tonight, uh lucky he saw what happened with the the jbfc performance and he called an emergency halftime performance where lucky did his own dunk uh and performed that at halftime because he just it was it was such an embarrassment so I think that just shows good leadership uh on uh, lucky to kind of kind of right the ship and hopefully they can get it going uh, before the playoffs but the real problem is Jay King trying to act like no one's holding Jbfc accountable where it, I have, I've been doing it for months now it's I, ridiculous
0: I think that's just a little telling on himself that Jay King did, didn't even realize that the jbfc was your beat like I when I saw miss dunks I I didn't tweet anything but I almost tweeted at you because I knew it was your beat. I was going to give you that respect. I chose to stay away from it. I actually st- chose to stay away from it and let you handle it. And that's just – that's how you're supposed to handle that situation.
1: I, I appreciate the respect, and I give Jay King the, the same respect. If I see him interviewing a player in the locker room, I'm just going to like walk on up and try to like steal the interview. It's just hey. – you just got to stay in your lane, J King. No, it's you absurd.
0: Should. You should go walk in there and be like – no one's no one's talking to Mook Morris anymore, so I guess I got to do it. Even though that's J King talks to Mook Morris like every day.
1: Yeah, it's it's it was ridiculous. And then he tried to tried to know, he tried to spin it after the game. It was it was BS, and I frankly I'm upset. <laughs> um, finally, with like uh, it's a short juncture because after Marcus Smart uh, got hurt, uh, I was just uh, texting my friend who's in medical school, and then just on WebMD looking up. Uh, how long it takes to heal from oblique strains. And, uh, oh, how weird is it that Woj got that, like, 30 seconds after Marcus left the floor? I just don't get, like, what the process is. Does someone in the trainer's room text Woj? How does he get that uh, medical update? It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I don't know.
0: He knows somebody in there. Somebody in there who got it wrong, like, a little bit wrong? Like,
1: if you're the Celtics, like, somebody between, like, who... I, do you think they did a sting and they like released information and then, but to one person they said it was a strain and now they know who leaked to Woj. Oh man, that'd be badass. <laughs> well, I mean, look, who could it be? Like it's,
0: I, I, I don't want to go into a whole thing and start naming names, but like there's only a certain chain of command that gets information out. Once the player is back there, somebody there has to have like Woj has to be texting somebody who can give that information. So
1: I don't know. Like, I just hope that person there. was got caught in that sting, man. Yeah. Danny Ames said, "No, no, no. Tell that one person it was no big strain," and then they found out. Tybalkle. Um, it's diabolical stuff. So, like I said, uh, second half was not filled with much, uh, much junk drawer, but there was around a minute twenty seconds left, close game. Tyson just missed one of his uh, threes, and someone just chanted. Uh, put Shemmy in the game. and It was uh, fantastic. It might've been a person related to Shemmy, uh, but I thought it was just a, I'm all for inopportune chanting. And that was a uh, fantastic, like really in crunch time. I don't think Shemmy had played a minute uh, previously, but that person really wanted Shemmy at that moment. And so I was with them.
0: Here's, here's a twist that I cannot confirm, but I was told by somebody. And I, I hope it's true that that, woman who yelled that was brad steven's wife what no way that's what somebody told me and i i had the same reaction like it was and i was told yes it was which is hilarious I, I don't.
1: Yeah, I just like the idea of like Brad Stevens coming home and his wife's like, you know, we should play <laughs> Shemmy more. That, he's such a nice boy. I
0: don't know. I don't know if it's true. I I more hope that it's true than anything. I cannot confirm it. I didn't turn around. I don't. I don't turn around and react to fans like yelling things like that because I don't. I don't know. And and I, considering where she was sitting, like I, I don't know that that's where is that where Brad Stevens' wife normally sits. I thought that she might be like a sideline or a luxury box or something but uh,
1: it is a section where like people somewhat related to the players sit right behind the media and so i've heard like uh some brad wanamaker fans be very vocal uh i'm thinking that's his uh, wife or girlfriend um so it's possible uh but that i'm just going to choose to believe it because that's fantastic
0: (laughs) that would be i hope
1: i hope that's true You should ask Brad tomorrow practice. Yeah, I'm going to ask Brad.
0: (laughs) Brad, was that your wife yelling at Shemmy in the game? (laughs) That'd
1: be awesome. (laughs) Uh, That would be funny. That would be good. I'm very tempted to do that. Uh, Now we know why he played last year in Milwaukee.
0: (laughs) All right, fine, dear.
1: Oh, boy. Uh, Is that it? Is that it for the junk drawer? That's it. Just that absolute fact that you just reported.
0: That absolute <laughs> fact that completely confirmed by absolutely all of my sources, which the grand total of zero. Uh, all right. That's it. We'll uh, figure out. Uh, there's a lot more to talk about this week. Playoffs are on the way, but first the wizards I'm off to Washington to cover that game. That's, I feel like that's an error, but uh, I'll take it and uh, I'll have something to say from Washington. So, stay tuned for that and if you're a regular if you're not a regular listener if this is your first show thank you for listening hope you've enjoyed it and i hope you're going to join us for the remainder of the playoffs and forever and ever and ever by subscribing to the podcast of course you can subscribe to the show on the new Himalaya podcast app as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere podcasts live. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Celtics. Regular subscribers, a five-star rating, a good written review, very, very helpful. And share the podcast, spread the word, tell everybody to listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yeah, is Packet and Jake